0: Boom, there it is, ladies and gents. We're ready to rock and roll. Some of you small businesses need a little bit of financial advice, maybe some cash flow analysis. If that's you, then this episode is the one you've been waiting for. Let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It could be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Boss. All right, ladies and gents, look, you may be good at what you do, but that doesn't mean you're good at all aspects of business. A good business owner capitalizes on the strength of others. And today's guest is helping small business owners with their financial strategies and helping them scale successfully. If you want to learn how he's taking his clients to six figures and help them save taxes along the way, then this episode's for you. Let's welcome to the show from KR27 Financial Group, Mr. Kevin (laughs) Rhoda. Kevin, I told you, man, we were going to have a party when we got this thing started. <laughs> Welcome to the show, dude. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate it, dude. I love it already, man.
1: It's awesome, dude. Very excited.
0: Good. Senator Porter over here, business blues. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right, man, let's jump into this thing. Uh, dude. My journey into the financial sector started with taxes. Actually, it started with me going broke. I had my first business that was doing good, but my partner, who's my brother, kind of took off on me. I tried to close this thing down and I learned I knew nothing, bro. Like I didn't have any accounting skills. I didn't know anything about taxes. And that was where I first entered the space. How did you get into the financial sector?
1: Dude, so, you know, it's funny you say that because I actually just had a conversation with one of my buddies yesterday, who's actually one of my, um, like a a partner that I work with. And, um, you know, most people get into business and they know what they know. But they yeah. don't know anything about the financial side, the taxes, how the gross works, how the net works, the, you know, the, the liability, nothing, dude. All they know is what they're doing, right? Um, dude, I got into the financial space. I was, I was pretty lucky. I got into it at a young age. Um, I was 19 years old when I started doing this. I'm 32 now. So, you know, um, I'm a little bit older than when I started, right? So
0: Yeah, a little um, bit. A little bit.
1: A little bit. So, I, I got started, dude, uh, pretty Pretty basic, dude. I started in banking, right? And banking, uh, a lot of people have worked at the banks and stuff like that, and they hate it. I was very smart, dude. I took advantage of it. I, I didn't go to college, so everything I learned was from what I learned from the bank because they, you know, they give you a bunch of knowledge that they throw at you. I know all the courses that they make you take and, and tests. Right? People just go through them real quick. I actually will read them, right? <laughs> through all this stuff and be like oh that's interesting okay that's cool and then i would um you know as, as i went along at the bank i was there for about 10 years dude, in, in the bank industry and i uh, stuck around to about 29 i uh i got licensed as a financial advisor in my mid-20s um and when i got licensed as a financial advisor that's when things really took off because i started sitting down with people who had to have a minimum of 250 just to invest with me in order to sit with me. that's a
0: whole whole different ballgame right you're talking about accredited investors all of a sudden it's a it's a different league of people that you that you start to deal with right
1: yeah man and that that completely opened up my mind to to a whole new world right because now it's like 250 minimum just to invest that means you gotta have a lot more you know whether it's at another bank uh, with us wherever right so when i started sitting down with these people that's when it started opening my eyes to like man. I gotta, I gotta get out of here,
0: Like you know, I gotta up my game, bro. I gotta up my game. All right. I'm, I'm so let's talk about the education process. Cause I, I love how you said, you know, you didn't go to college. and And this is one of those things that I talk about a lot, especially with my students is that college isn't the route for everybody. But education is, right? You have to be educated. And you took the time while you were at the bank, took advantage of the opportunities that they presented, which included licensing and continuing education while you're there. And it opened up the door for you to have conversations with people that you never otherwise would have. I mean, tell me, like growing up, you knew people that had 250K just lying around to invest? No,
1: nah, man, I was I was broke, dude. I, I grew up, uh, my mom, my sister, my grandma, uh, so it was four of us in a one-bedroom apartment you know, so that's how I grew up, and uh, so, you know, for me to be sitting down with these people, dude, I try to sponge all the knowledge I could, dude, like, I would make my my meetings with them last, like, an hour and a half, two hours on purpose, dude, just because I wanted to learn, right, I was like, what do you do, how do you do it, and then eventually I caught on that, like, majority of the people I was sitting down with, they all had a business, some of them (laughs) had good professions, right, like, I had nurses, doctors, things like that, but majority of them, had a business and that's when eventually i was like dude i gotta go into business and you know i gotta do all these things and then uh, that's kind of when everything kind of just took off and, and i went independent so i still have my licenses i'm still an advisor and i still work independently doing that but i also have a business now right so i can do both
0: so let's talk about that man we got small business owners and you said at the beginning like you're good at what you do but you're not necessarily good at all these other things uh it, taxes for example scares the shit out of people all the time. Whenever they start talking about Uncle Sam, like they freak out. They're like, okay, man, like they're so afraid to make a mistake when it comes to taxes that they tend to avoid them. And then they don't quite understand that they are they have to have some knowledge, right? Like having a good coach and having a good advisor, those are absolutely amazing tools. But as a business owner, you kind of have to at least speak some of these languages, right? When you sit with a client, how much of it is, education first. Let me show you and talk to you what this is about and then the implementation of strategy. I would say majority of the time that I'm educating
1: people, dude. And a lot of people I educate, they don't even end up working with me, right? It's all a numbers game anyways, right? That's how it always is. I mean, whoever wants to listen, I'm happy to help out. Whoever doesn't want to listen, you know, I, I can't do anything if you don't want to listen, right? But majority of the time, it's all education, right? Me showing you what we're doing, how we're doing it. I'm not expecting you to remember everything. I'm not expecting mm-hmm. you to become an expert, at it, but I want you to understand why things work a certain way, right? Because um, a lot of people always have this this mindset that um, the tax code is built for the rich, right? Now, in a way, yes, the more money that you, that you make, I have learned that the more money you keep, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily always true. Because as a small business owner, you have so many loopholes. So many loopholes. The problem is, you have to go and read the, the tax code, right? or you have to go get a really good CPA. And uh, I partnered up with a, a couple of different really good CPAs who have taught me a lot of stuff. And then from there I'm able to educate some of my clients and then if they do need a really good CPA, you know, I connect them with them. Um, but I, I also have group myself as an advisor who I, I know will help you basically avoid taxes, avoid paying less taxes, things like that, right? Um, it's uh, things that sound so basic and so common once you know them, but when you don't know them, it's, it's like, you know, like it's all brand new to you and you're like, damn, you can do that. You can do that. It's crazy.
0: You talked about, uh, the licenses you got for, uh, becoming a financial advisor. Tell me a little bit about what that designation is. What are the designations that you got and what does it allow you to talk to clients about skills I've acquired over a very long career. Yeah. I like that, Liam. Yeah, man. So I got
1: a, so I got a couple different licenses. Uh, I got like my seven, my my six, my sixty three, my sixty five, and my insurance license, right? Um, I don't use my seven and my six as much anymore, unless it's a big client that wants to invest long term, right? Um, I used to love my insurance license because there's so many strategies for business owners through insurance. So many, right? I mean, there there. What a lot of people don't know is when you go to the bank and I used to work at Wells Fargo. Right. So let's use Wells Fargo as an example.
0: Me too, bro. Me too. Everybody's worked at Wells Fargo too. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so let's use them as an example, right? You you come on in and you bring the bank a hundred grand. Let's just say 50 grand, right? Cause you're a small business. You bring 50 grand, you put it into an account, an account you save it up, right? And the bank, what they do is right away, the moment they have that money, they have a button to pool of everybody's money. And they invest some of it into mutual funds, some of it into like real estate, things like that, right? But a lot of people don't know the banks, Chase, Wells Fargo, Big America, they actually have billions of dollars in life insurance policies. Mm -hmm. What that does is that gives them um, two different things, right? They have some in in like, uh, you know, set interest that, you know, it's going to give them a fixed amount, right? And they have some that are in variable interest rates, right? And what they do is they're able to lower the tax liability they were to make interest and the interest that they get ends up becoming tax-free because let's for get sure, everything let's tax- get
0: some nitty-gritties there dude because th- this is one of my favorite types of topics to talk about because people just don't know right and if you don't know like learning this stuff and educating yourself in this field will really open your eyes i mean so first of all you talked about your series six series seven Ah, uh, 65 a lot of that is assets under management right this is being able to manage uh people's uh retirement accounts for them and mm-hmm. then you have on the life insurance side this is where you get into uh more things of course you got to get the certifications for it but you start talking about indexes and annuities and those sorts of mm-hmm. things whole yeah. life policies so when you're talking about the the different strategies in life insurance that the banks are holding Part of it is because of the access to funds, right? So if, for example, if you're funding a whole life policy that has a cash value or or a universal life policy, those have cash values. And what happens to this cash value? What's the difference between me going out and making money and me being able to pull money from my life insurance policy?
1: Yeah, man. So the the cool thing with it is it's it's very different, right? So there's very different uh, varieties, right? And that's why I, I broker out to different companies because every company has different stuff, right? And that's why I like to work with different companies, right? Um, some people like IUL, some people like, you know, variable. And, and and with me being licensed, I'm able to do variable, which is going to give you more interest rate in the long term, right? And some people don't like to mess around and they like the whole life like you were saying, right? Um, and the cool thing with that, so let me use an example. Uh, one of my biggest clients I have, he's a real estate investor, right? So a uh, huge client. Guy brings in probably about $50 million a year, just in his real estate. He owns about, I think it's like 2,000 units or something like that. And um, what we did for him, what I did for him was uh, he deposits uh, $30,000 into a life insurance policy every single month, monthly. Every single month he puts money in there. And that money is growing, Right. Uh, this is the first policy he did. I'm actually working with him on doing a, a variable one now, now, because he wants more interest, right? So he did a fixed one, right? He's making his say about like seven percent interest, some of that, right? Uh, I don't, I don't know exactly. I gotta look at stuff, but um, he makes that interest fixed, right? Every single year, that's money that he's putting away, and with the connection of his CPAs that we have, you know, we're able to also write that off on his taxes, so it no longer counts on his gross income. Mm right? So that's where you're, now you're lowering the amount of money that you technically made, even though the money was made, it was not because it went into the life insurance right
0: yeah because at the end of the day ladies and gentlemen you get taxed on your adjusted gross income so whatever we have at the end that gross income is what you're gonna get you know we looked that up in the tax table that's what you're gonna pay taxes on so if you can lower that income that gross income with adjustments or with uh deductions then you're essentially paying less in taxes at the end of the year and so this is a strategy to you know, even though you brought that money in, you're finding ways to write it off as a deduction, lowering your adjusted gross income, right?
1: Yep, exactly, man. So that's what we do for him. And what he's been doing is uh, that money's been growing, the interest is coming in, right? The interest is tax free, doesn't pay anything on the interest, right? And this is where the rich get richer. That's what that saying comes to, right? So what he does is he takes out the money, he buys the properties in cash. He What he, he does like the whole like rehab thing, right? So he buys it. He buys a cheaper property that finds, buys it in cash. He um, fixes it up. Then he goes to the bank. He refines the property, takes the cash back out and puts it back into the policy. So the so, entire process was tax free.
0: And that's infinite banking, right? This is this is what we're talking about here. You're essentially becoming your own bank because you do have to pay back that policy, but you're paying yourself back, and so if so that's it's like, part you know, one, right? That's the cool thing. You don't always have
1: to pay back the policy. And you can right. tax free, right? So just for anyone that's here like sometimes you don't have to, right? It's up to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, when you die, because this is inevitable, we all die. That's when the actual policy will be paid back with the death benefits.
1: Exactly. So so it's it's uh so that's just one of the things that I do for clients, right? That's always my my bread and butter. For a lot of them uh for the business owners right on that on that end right uh with the business um i started a program where i'm basically coaching people on a lot of it like finance right um this is more like not just like businesses but also like the everyday folks man because believe it or not um i'm in the finance industry i can i can't financially advise you right because i don't know i can't financially advise somebody unless i sit with them right but basically the way I see things, man, is is we're already in a recession. In case people don't know, right? We already had two negative GDP, uh, you know, GDP uh, quarters. Yeah. So so we're already in a recession, right? Things are not gonna get any better. A report just came out like what yesterday, or day for yesterday. You know, inflation's horrible, dude. So, so let me
0: let me ask you this, because you talked about IULs, um, and it, for those of you who aren't aware, when we talk about like index universal life, a lot of these. Uh, insurance products are tied to a market. So you get the benefits of the upside and you're limited on the downside. There's some some uh, protection there, but you still are at risk. Are you seeing people as we move into a, a recession, moving more towards like a fixed index annuity and trying to limit their losses as the market shifts?
1: Majority of people are more focused on whole life, dude. And, and whole life will most of the time get you uh, the same rate as an IUL, to be honest with you. Because also, IULs have very expensive, uh, uh, like the life benefits are very expensive because you have to pay for that, right? Out of the out of the insurance premiums that you pay. So in the in the long term, sometimes an IUL can actually be worse. Depending, everybody, every client is different, right? So,
0: so you mentioned that you're working with small businesses, some individuals. What's your bread and butter like? What kind of uh what kind of client are you best suited for, and, and you're looking to work with?
1: Dude, for the most part, um, I, I love working with business owners just because everything that I've done for myself, I can teach them, right? Everything. Because everything that I tell people right now that I'm speaking about, um, I've done. And I've been actually just like you, dude. I, I went freaking to the bottom, dude. Like I, I had nothing, had everything, and then had nothing again, and then had to rebuild. So I know how it is, you know? So I'm really good with business owners because we understand the same language, right? They're more willing to take that. I want to say risk, but they're, they're willing to understand there, there's some risks, right, to things. Um, and then I obviously work with folks who are making usually over six figures for the most part um, when it comes to investments and stuff like that.
0: What's a, what's some of the biggest problems and hurdles that you see your clients come across? Something that um, is pretty common that maybe they kind of don't see themselves and, and you kind of guide them towards a solution. Um, I think
1: it's just like, honestly, man, fear, fear is like mm-hmm. the biggest thing I see with clients because they're afraid to, you know, not just with me, but with anything they're doing. Right. Which is funny because as a, as a business owner, sometimes you think, well, you took the risk to open a business. You shouldn't even have any fear on these things. Right. But a lot of them, they have that fear that they don't need. And then, um, a lot of them get very complacent with where they're at, which is like the worst thing as a business owner. Right. They're very, very complacent. Like everything's good the way it is. Say, mm. want it to be better. It's like, no, nah, it's good like this. And it's like, you should never want it to just be like this. You should always want better, right? I think they come, but them getting very complacent and as well as having that fear, I think that's the worst thing. And that's where I, I try to come in and, and reassure them that everything's going to be okay, that they're missing out on this, you know, that how, and that comes a lot with my personality, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm very blessed. God's, I'm gonna have a God given good personality. That's really just, that's the way I can say it. Like a lot of people like me. I'm a very likable guy for some reason. Um, I try to be really nice to people. I'm very genuine. So like I'm very like no no filter, right? But people like I, that. People
0: mm-hmm. like that,
1: you
0: know. Let's talk about that fear and complacency a little bit. Uh you kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like you took you started a business. That's like the riskiest thing you can do. And now you're afraid over here to like make some investments. And I think it comes down to, you know, when you have nothing, you're kind of your back's against the wall and you start building this business because you want to solve a problem. But then you have experienced a little bit of success you are you're paying your bills you're not worried about that you're starting to put some money away and now you have this little nest egg and i think the fear creeps in again because you're afraid of what happens if i have to start over uh you know what happens if i have to go back and that that idea of uh like imposter syndrome starts to set in like mm-hmm. is this the most i got like i'm comfortable right now this is cool i love where i'm at And what if I lose it all, right? Like what kind of, what kind of things do you tell people when they're like, you know, I'm afraid to put down that money. Like, can I lose it? Is it going to go away?
1: Yeah. That's, that's where a lot of, uh, you know, understanding your client comes in. Right. It's, it's a matter of, you know, not every, what is that saying that goes like not every shoe is going to fit for everybody. Right. Everybody has a different uh, mentality. Everybody's going to be different. Everybody has a different income. Right. So the best way I go about it, man, is just trying to reassure them that what I'm doing for them is something that I wouldn't even do unless, like, I would do the same thing for my mom, basically, which Mm -hmm. I have, actually, because she owns a business, right? So I use my own examples like that, right? Like, my mom has a business, and I do it for her. And, And, you know, it's like, I would never do something for you that I wouldn't even do for my own family, right? My kids have these policies, you know? I have it myself, right? So these are things that I will reassure you. And I would never put somebody in a situation where, let's say, the grows, they make 100K. No, let's say in the grows, they're making 100K and net, they're bringing in like 70. And then, you know, uh, I would never put them in a situation where I'm like, oh, yeah, I should throw half of your money in there, right? I would never do that. So mm. it's like always a matter of see how much we have left every time, go over their budget, understand everything, understand the client to make sure that, you know, once we choose a number of how much we're going to do and how to do something, uh, that we're choosing something they feel comfortable with, right? And understanding the client is the biggest thing, right? And not everybody's gonna say yes. If some people they can't overcome that fear. Right? They just can't. But but the people that I that do, um I've rarely ever had a situation where the client's like, man, you know I shouldn't have done that. Like, oh man, no. No. It's always been pretty good to be honest with you.
0: Let me ask you about your, like culturally your background. I mean, you mentioned that, you know, you grew up, didn't have this sort of stuff. You didn't talk to people who made 250,000 a year. I mean, who had that 250,000 just to invest, right? Those people didn't exist in in your world as you were growing up. They didn't exist in my world growing up. Uh, and then you get into this space of like, you're helping these people. Like you have this knowledge, 19 years old, didn't go to college. You're starting to help people in this thing that they call money. Um, like for me, I know being yeah, growing up Mexican, like all of a sudden it's like, wait, bro, like I, don't, I I saw you as a little merdita, like playing in the corner. Like, how do I, you know, I can't trust you. How do I believe in you? Like, what do you mean you know this stuff? You don't do this stuff yet. What was it like for you stepping into this space uh, and trying to educate the people who are closest to you?
1: Yeah. Like uh, you mean as far as like my family members and my friends? Yeah.
0: And- you know, I will be honest with you, man. I've lost a
1: lot of friends actually. Uh, mm-hmm. the world as you wanna and it, and it is very true if you wanna grow, you have to let people go and and, and unfortunately, that was my case you know um so I, I actually started all this about three and a half years ago, three years ago something like that uh when I quit my job, I quit my job and I didn't even know what the hell I was gonna do quit my job, no idea I had money in my savings account um I had just gotten divorced, I had a daughter that wasn't even one yet, and I had uh majority custody of her. And uh, I was just like a regular business owner, dude. I took a risk. That's you scary,
0: know. dude. But you yeah. know what? There's something to be said when you burn the ships behind you, right? Like you had nowhere to go but up. What was that yeah. like? Um, It, it was, uh, at first,
1: it was nice because I didn't have to go to work. <laughs> but, that, <laughs> but then, you know, it kind of hits you. Like, all right, I got to start. Awesome, right? Um, and, yeah, you know, when Payday
0: showed up and there was nothing in your direct deposit, all of a sudden you were like, ah, oh, okay, man, time to get to yeah. work.
1: So um, a couple good a couple good things I did as I was younger though was I actually had properties, so I had bought properties when I did have a job, when the market was cheaper, hmm. and so I knew that I was there right, which was actually a bad thing because that's why I ended up losing everything. So I I made myself do pretty well the first year or so, and then later on um, beginning of this year actually I went all the way to the bottom dude. Oof. And and um I had to build myself back up, but it was the best lesson ever because I rem- it made me remember where I come from. Mm-hmm. It made me remember that I come from nothing and that I never want to go back. You know? And dude I grinded I grinded my way back so fast. So fast. You know and it's um talking to a lot of these business owners is pretty cool because a lot of them are actually like me and you. They they come a lot of them come from nothing. You know, they, they take yeah. the risk and then they go after it. Um, mostly, uh, I know you and I, you know, not to bring race into it, but we're, we're Hispanic, right? So, um, Hispanic worker, man, Hispanic people, bro, they work hard, bro. And those business owners do They They work hard and, and they come from nothing, man, sometimes. And, and uh, uh, this is pretty cool. I try to help out the Hispanic community a lot because, unfortunately, they're very um, uneducated financially.
0: So, oh, dude, you, I'm glad you said it, because that's one of the biggest issues that I have with my own community is, yeah, dude, they're some of the most hardworking people out there. But when it comes to advancing themselves and securing their money, they suck. They're yeah. horrible. And then they don't yeah. want to learn. They're very complacent and comfortable where they're at. And that, that it bothers me, dude. So how do you how do you get across to them? Dude, unfortunately, I have to use the race car, dude. <laughs> that's <laughs> really,
1: <laughs> Dude, honestly it's i i really the the whole speaking to them in spanish thing that helps out you know i'm not gonna lie to you um but it is still it's hard at times you know um majority of them still don't do anything um it's hard they just they're so um used to the whole cash thing right in their mind yeah everything cash is everything i'm like dude what if i can show you how you still have cash and make interest you know some of them do it some of them but i i have People that I know that are making millions are Hispanic folks, dude. And they've done like the smallest investments ever with me, dude. They just will mm-hmm. do more. It's just they're just too they're too like, you know, um just won't do it. But you know, it's it just takes time trying to get them to understand, you know, and I'm hoping that by helping them even just a little bit, it'll go down towards the next generation, you know, their kids and stuff like that. Right. Cause yeah. But it, but it is hard. It is hard. Cause even with my mom, dude, it it was hard to just get her to do. know things that i would tell her because she's also my mom so she always thought she knew more than me even when i was like okay mama i love you but uh yeah i've been doing this for like 10 years like no
0: (laughs) i I built built a little bit of some expertise now dude it it reminds me like my my father-in-law dude he worked at the school district for like 43 years and for 43 years he would pick up his check every single day, go to the bank, cash it, so he can hold the cash in his hand, and then give the teller back the mortgage payment for the month. Yeah. <laughs> Something I, I, culturally I, about I gotta feel that in my hand. He's like, I worked hard for it. I gotta feel it, right? Yeah.
1: See, and it's like I'm like the opposite. I'm like I never touch cash, dude. I'm like
0: I got ten dollars in my wallet, dude. Like, I'm like. Yeah. for what for what i can venmo you we're good we're set i'm i'm, I'm straight zell venmo cash app i don't need to have cash in my hand no it's all good all right man hey uh we're getting low on time and i want to make sure that people uh can can get a hold of you if people want to reach out to you what's the best way for them to do that
1: uh dude my, my website which is you know i'm not showing the bottom is uh um, they can go on there, send you information. They can fill out the contact form. We'll, we'll reach back out to them. Uh, we're, we're trying to grow everything as we go right now, um, you know, trying to make everything better. So the website's a little bit under construction, but you you can get a hold of me there. Also my email. My email is probably the best way to get a hold of me, uh, Kevin at KR27Group.com. Um, and then my assistant's email. She'll probably be better to get a hold of you guys anyways. I know she's not. The, her email is not on the screen, but her name is Ariana, A R I. And sorry, I'm dyslexic, bro. Ariana. A R I A N A um at care27group.com. So she get perfect. she's the best person to reach out to because she'll she'll get a hold of me. <laughs> All
0: right, dude. Um you've been trying to grow the business. What's been some of the best marketing tactics you've used um mm-hmm. to to acquire customers, to acquire clients?
1: Dude, so I know we're running out of time, so I'll be sure with this, but um when I actually when I quit my job, the first thing I did was I started at a, mar- a digital marketing agency for a while, right? And I learned so much about marketing, dude. And I sucked at it. I sucked at the marketing agency, but I learned from it. And, uh, dude, marketing uh, through running ads, uh, Facebook, Google, uh, my website, uh, posting on social media, uh, nothing beats that, dude. I mean, I love old school, talk to somebody, referrals. That's always going to be the best. I mean, that's just that's just a given. This it's never down. A problem. You know hands down anybody hears about you they're gonna refer you to somebody it's 90 percent of the chance not percent of the time those, those clients always close but um we, we do a lot of marketing you know right now we've slowed down a little bit on it because we're trying to update our website but once it's fully gone live we're, we're fully gonna go back on to like running the ads on google facebook and all that stuff
0: dude it's so important to have content just always be on social media posting educating entertaining because at the end of the day, I, I, one of the things I learned in, in marketing was, uh, like, well, I learned this in real estate, actually. If you're a real estate agent, right, and you want, if you're a customer looking to sell your home and you, you're looking for an agent, you're going to do one of three things. You're going to find the agent that you know, somebody that you're already working with. If you don't know anybody, you're going to go to a friend and have a referral. And if you don't know anybody, like I don't have any friends or no referrals, then you're going to go to the media advertisement and the real estate agent or the agent or whoever is in business, the one that's going to win is the one that's all three. So you know people because you're out there actually talking to people, right? Getting to know them. You're going to be the referral because the people you're talking to know other people. And if you're placing your content out every single day, they're going to find you on the internet anyway. So like might as well have all three aspects taken care of. And it sounds like you're doing exactly that especially when you hop on different podcasts, right? Yeah, man. And, and
1: honestly, the, the biggest thing, like when people buy from me, dude, they don't buy from me because they're like, oh man, you know, like this is the best product ever. You know, people buy from people they like, dude. That's how it is. You know, now exactly. my products are really good. I always look up for my clients, obviously, but people, majority of the time will buy from people they, they like, they know, they get referred to. That's just how it is, right? So if they see my face everywhere all the time, that's psychologically, that's already in their mind. That's why McDonald's is so successful
0: plus my favorite food app right now of all time and download the mcdonald's app you'll be happy you'll thank me you did even i'm not a big mcdonald's fan as far as food wise but i find myself eating there more just because of the app dude check it out it's a great one all right kevin thank you very much for being on the show man i got one more question for you um i don't know how many podcasts you've been on but what was your experience like on the business bros dude i love it i
1: love it i love everything you got going on man it's it's pretty exciting um Definitely got that SD vibe over there. (laughs) For sure, man. For sure. I love, I love everything you got. So I think it's awesome, dude. I'm excited, uh, and I'm gonna definitely, uh, you know, tell my friends to check out your episode because it's freaking awesome.
0: Sweet, man. All right, ladies and gents, you heard it. Look. Financial advice is out there, but you just need to find somebody that you can connect with. So make sure you guys stop by at kevinrodas.com. kevinrodas.com. It's literally his name. So go there. Check it out. Yeah, it's a little under construction, but have a conversation. Uh, Maybe if you're interested, use his email. Kevin at kr27group.com. Reach out. Talk. Have a conversation, I promise you, if you don't have any insurance products in place, you need to get yourself situated. First of all, it's a love product, so your family will thank you if something inevitably or sadly happens before you actually plan on it. But secondly, like, dude, there's so many great financial strategies that you can use, save yourself some taxes and take that savings and, I don't know, go on vacation, go to Disneyland, or just put it away and reinvest it. It's completely up to you, but it's not gonna be available unless you seek the help that you're looking for. Kevinrodus.com, make sure you guys check it out. Kevin, thank you very much for being on the program. Ladies and gents, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace, and I we're know. out. It's over, go home. Is your business in need of marketing?